the bears are finally back at Hallis Hall for mandatory minicamp. I have absolutely no idea what's going on with the quarterback situation. So please stop asking me. I'm at this point, I was telling Sam and AJ earlier, listen, it's just better that you wait until the week one game against the LA Rams when Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels, and we'll talk about Collinsworth in a moment here. Whenever they announce the starting lineups, that's who your starter is going to be. I'm at that point, but what's up, guys? Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Fireside Bears. You also know we're sponsored by Audacity Sports. So if we get your super duper cool Justin Field stickers, I just got the email that AJ and Sam, theirs are on the way. You know the host too. I'm your host, Usaid Kosho. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Usaid Kosho. Sam decided to change his Twitter handle up. So follow him on Twitter at Shy Sports Sam. It's funny because I actually ended up mastering that Twitter handle way quicker than when we first started this podcast and we were with the old network and then also i was on the phone with him for an hour and a half today regarding a really cool announcement that's going to be coming sometime pretty pretty soon but you can follow aj on twitter at aj decide for what's up guys how are we doing today just uh i think bearish twitter fell apart for about five minutes so that was entertaining uh, a lot of uh I just say they can't have a perfect off season, right? But uh, I'm doing good. Let's, let's get into it. It really felt like um, a 9.1 magnitude earthquake came from the Chicago Bears fan base today after they heard when Matt Nagy said that Andy Dalton is the star for Week One. Listen, guys, just wait till the game, man. Like, don't worry about who's the starter. Just, just wait. Yeah, it's interesting that AJ, you mentioned the 9.1 magnitude earthquake, but if you're looking for bonus bears content this week, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. If you're subscribed to us on any podcasting platform Monday, guys, we sat down for about 35 minutes with Fox 32's very own Chicago Bears reporter, Caitlin Sharkey. That was an awesome exclusive interview. Like I said, it's up on every podcasting platform. Go check that out for some great stuff from someone who's actually at Palace Hall for day one of minicamp. So cool seeing Caitlin there. Also, make sure that you're following along on our YouTube because myself and our main TikTok guy, Max Smith, we are going to have three episodes out this week. We've got a real cool interview coming for you guys on Friday with a current Bears player. And then obviously you're listening to our signature weekly episodes. So lots of content this week before we head into the dead period of the offseason. But guys, listen, Matt Nagy's on Chris Collinsworth press or press conference. Well, I've been in pressers all day. I'm sorry. Matt Nagy spoke to Chris Collinsworth today. And basically one of the things that Nagy said, and I don't know why people are completely blowing this thing out of proportion, but it's getting ridiculous, dude. Cause it's like at this point in the off season and Sam, I'm going to bounce it over to you here first, but it's just like, we're sitting here in June and people are already ready to decide who the starting quarterback is going to be. And for bears fans, if they had their way, like Justin Fields would be starting. And you know what? Let's just talk about the, entire quote because pretty much what Matt Nagy said was this he's like quote no I mean Andy's our starter again I can't predict anything you know how it goes there's so many things that can happen between today and week one but Andy's our starter and Justin's our number two and we're going to stick to this plan Sam what's going on here that's noticeable 
I think the the thing is is I'm not angry with what Matt Nagy said because of of course Andy Dalton is right now the Bears starting quarterback like that isn't a surprise to me. Obviously, it seems like Fields is doing well, but it's been it's June. Like the season doesn't start for a couple months and there's a lot that could happen like like Nagy said and and I think the thing is it's like what happened today on Twitter and on social media was very much a a downside of social media and journalism because a, a quote was said and it was taken out of context and it lit a fire under Bears fans before it could really be kind of smothered and it spread and it caused chaos. Listen, the thing about this whole quarterback thing is, is I personally want to see Justin Fields week one. But that's because I want to see what the kid can do. But I understand you brought Andy Dalton in because he's the veteran. He understands the offense. He's had a pretty solid NFL career. Um, you know, he has connections to the coaching staff. If Fields is the better quarterback in training camp, yeah, obviously you hope he plays. But as of right now, Andy Dalton being the starter, it's not that big of a surprise to me. I just think it's tough because I think Nagy's quote was taken in a way that it made it seem like he was just totally shutting off any chance of field starting, but like he's the head coach. Like he has to give us something there. And, and obviously sometimes I think Nagy is, I'm a little critical of this with Nagy. Sometimes I think he reveals his hand too quick. Um, but of course Dalton's the starter. Like that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. It's June. Like we've had OTAs. We just started minicamp. Of course, the veteran 10 plus year guy is the starter over the kid from Ohio state. Like that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me at all. That was perfectly said, Sam. You know, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, Matt Nagy went on Chris Collinsworth podcast and he said that, well, Chris Collinsworth added, is there a shot that Justin Fields is going to play week one, uh, Matt Nagy said, no, Andy Dalton is our starter. You know, it just says it. Like, you know, when they signed him to this deal um, in free agency before they drafted Justin Fields, it just seemed like, you know, like this is a, a better option than when Ryan Pace went out and got Mike Glennon um, as a bridge quarterback. Because I, I really do think that, like, you know, Andy Dalton's not terrible, but he can run an offense like a rejuvenated offense with a good offensive line and some wide receivers and weapons and stuff. I mean, it just gives Justin Fields time. And like, to be honest, like I read a lot of comments on Twitter about putting Justin Fields under the spotlight because it's a primetime game in LA. Um, I kind of want to wait. I, I don't want to like, what's the rush? Like I kind of, I'm kind of with my head coach here. Like what's really the rush when, when you could just ease him into these games instead of just throwing him to the fire against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Cause it, it doesn't just end at the Rams there. You say it in Sam. It's also like the third, third toughest schedule in the league. So, I mean, and it's also another game added to the schedule, which is 17 games now. So, I mean, like, do you want to put that much pressure on Justin Fields to begin with so he can crack? I mean, it could happen to anyone, you know, if it's not in the right situation. But or do you just want to give him the time and patience and then ease him into it? Because that is the more um, better thing to do, in my opinion. And I just want to throw in something really quickly before we go back to you. You said 
the thing is that compared to the other rookie quarterbacks in this draft class, right? The only few that were pretty much set up to start right away are Wilson and Lawrence, because you brought in a new coaching staff and you brought in kind of a new era of like, you know, when you bring in a new coach with a rookie quarterback, like you pretty much assume the rookie quarterback's going to start with the bears. It's like, they're not resetting. They're, they're reshuffling. They, they made some changes to the roster. They made some changes to the coaching staff, but they didn't reset. There wasn't a hard reset there. They got fields and that's a huge W, but the biggest thing is that if field struggles early, having to go back, it's kind of like what happened last year, right? When it was the Mitch versus Foles debate. Mitch, I believed was going to be the starter because if Mitch failed, I had believed at the time that Foles was going to be able to relieve him and save him. But I think with this situation, if field struggles, it's tough to go back to Andy Dalton, whereas I'd rather see Andy Dalton start, who's going to give you that veteran experience. And if he struggles, see what fields can do. But I just think it's, I think it's an overreaction. I don't know what you think you said, but I just think we all need to relax and take a breath. Yeah. I, well, here's a problem that you're dealing with. I mean, and AJ mentioned this perfectly. It's like, look, I've said this all off season. I'm going to continue to say it again, because we talk about the starting quarterback every single week on this pod because it just seems like we're getting more and more information and today was some really good information now ultimately when you look at it my whole thing is this man is if bears fans had their way justin fields would be the week one starter but bears fans also have to understand that what fields did at ohio state 110 relevant to what he could do in the nfl but in the nfl it's always going to be do or die all right there's not really any true second chances that you're going to get in this league and so ultimately when it comes to this i mean do you want justin fields here for five years and just with up and down play like what happened with mitch trubisky or would you rather have him for 15 or 20 years and if Having really good quarterback play, like elite level quarterback play, because I think that's what fields can develop into. If having that for 15 or 20 years comes at the expense of losing whatever, six, seven, eight, nine games in 2021, you know what? I'm all for it because the 15 to 20 years where the Bears are relevant is going to make more, just has so much more weight than whatever five six seven eight losses in 2021 and ultimately that's really what this is and so you mentioned some of these other rookie quarterbacks i think it's interesting man just while we're on this topic because every couple of years what happens is there's four or five quarterbacks drafted in the first round i mean zach wilson had two interceptions today he had a couple forced passes a couple incompletions he completed just 50 percent of his passes on in the 11-on-11 drills was, I think, 11-for-14 in the 7-on-7s today at Jets minicamp. Haven't heard much about Trey Lance besides the fact that Kyle Shanahan's saying, well, he could start, it's on the table, but we're not 100% sure. Mac Jones apparently blew it out of the park today working with the scout team. And then Trevor Lawrence is just a given. So this is, I think, shaving up. It's just shaping up to be a really interesting quarterback class that we're going to see because i think that with this class you are going to see a legitimate shift in terms of the nfl landscape i mean that's what the class of 2017 did with watson and mahomes i think the same thing's going to happen here but it's going to be in a completely different conference and i think the thing is too is like the the you know the outlook of the season felt so depressing when we just had andy dalton and nick Foles as a quarterback room when Fields got brought in, there was that kind of like thing of hope that that beacon that like, hey, 
we might actually finally have a guy. Like, Mitch was kind of always a what if. Jay Cutler was okay at times. Like, I, he had an okay career with the Bears. Not great, not terrible. I think this is kind of the first time in a long time the Bears have seen their quarterback spot and said, hey, this kid might actually have it. And I think combined with that, too, is I bring up the situation in Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers isn't a Packer, you're looking at a division that is very, very easily attainable. I think if, if Aaron Rodgers returns, I honestly do believe the Packers probably win the division. I'm not going to – I hate the Packers, but I understand how talented that team is. I think Matt LaFleur is a great coach. They have a good offense, and their defense took some big steps last season. So I think that's a thing, too, is that we're so like, oh, man, if like Fields can start and, and Rodgers is gone, the Bears can like win these games with Fields and like the defense will help us out and stuff. And like that's all great. But I think, you know, the perfect example of kind of this like having too narrow of a vision here is that, you know, you look at last year and the Bears were making this run at the end of the year and it was like, hey, who cares? We'll make the playoffs. Well, in hindsight, had the Bears lost a couple more games, you probably don't have to trade up as many spots to get Justin Fields, right? So I think, again, when you get a quarterback like Fields and you see this rookie class and, and of all the rookie class of quarterbacks this year, Fields has so much buzz around him in the league right now. You know, I've hardly heard anything about Lawrence outside of the minicamp reports. Trey Lance is a ghost right now, and that's I think that's almost not necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot of attention around Jones and Wilson and Fields right now, and I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who's going to be the, you know, uh, Josh Allen and who's going to be the – can't even think of the kid's name. The, I don't know, the, the Baker Mayfield of the draft and the Josh Rosen of the draft. That's going to be fun to watch. And I'm going to be honest, I think Fields is one of the best quarterbacks in this draft, but you said I'm with you. If it means 2021 sucks, the next 10 years is awesome, I'll take 10 years of greatness. Yeah, it's going to be really – that's why, like I said, you know, people are kind of losing their marbles over the – Matt Nagy comments, but then just moving on here from the rest of this, man. I mean, one of the big things to also just look at is you have two of your defensive starters that were kind of at Hallis Hall, but they weren't practicing. And it makes no sense to me because well, let's start with Eddie Goldman. And AJ, I'm going to go to you first to get your thoughts on Eddie Goldman. He misses all of 2020, pops out because of COVID. And then ultimately, he's at Hallis Hall, but every time Matt Nagy was asked by one of the reporters, like, where's he at? What really happened? Well, it was more so of, oh, Eddie Goldman's here. He's not practicing. And that's just the end of it. But he looks really good. He feels great. And that's a typical Bears answer because that really reminds me of the entire Trey Burton situation throughout the 2019 offseason in the sense that, oh, well, Trey's here, Trey's practicing, but we're taking it easy with Trey. And the next thing you know, he misses like the entire season for some hernia surgery, which took him like the entire year to recover from that he had in like February 2019. But AJ, what's going on with Eddie Goldman? And then take us through Robert Quinn as well, man. Sure. Uh, sorry about the, the, uh, the, the early departure there, but I'm back now. But um, yeah, I mean, Eddie, Eddie Goldman is an interesting one. I mean, like, yeah, last year he missed the, the 2020 season due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, he opted out, which is, you know, I mean, fine from a standpoint because you want to make sure you want to keep your body healthy and all of that. So like, it's glad to know that he's back. And obviously, you know, um, him not being out on the field is um, 
kind of concerning, you know, he, like, you know, obviously he sat out, you know, the first, first initial thought is, you know, guys, you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, this guy sat out, he's healthy, you know, why isn't he practicing? Is something, is there an injury that we don't know about? Um, or is there like a contract dispute that we don't know about? So, you know, that just pile that, um, pile that contract dispute on top of the other ones that we have to extend in the future. But like, I don't, I don't think it's a contract issue. I don't think it's anything, anything too severe. Um, I don't think at least, but it could be something that like maybe something personal happened um, and the bears are keeping it hush hush or something, something happened to him and they're keeping it hush hush. They don't want it. They don't want the media to know about it or something like that. That's what I can give you on Eddie Goldman and Robert Quinn, man. You said you already know this is like, I hate the signing, dude. I, I hate the five years. I, I told Caitlin the same thing yesterday. Five years, 70 million, way too much money when you can give nine or eight million to Jadavian Clowney. I don't care if Jadavian Clowney doesn't get sacks, but he is good and run support. And he could really play that defensive line really well in the three four that what Chuck, Chuck Pagano was trying to do. But, anyways, um, you know, you got to be able. I mean, like he was injured today. I mean, again, I mean, like you know, you, you gave this guy fourteen million AVV, it, and you know, like it just goes down as one of the signings that pays given. Like I, I don't know if he showed up or not, but it it. I, I read somewhere he was hurt and like, how are you hurt this early in the season? Like, what are you doing? That's like that, that that's making you hurt this early in the season. Like that's, those are the two reactions that I have on those two players, obviously two high players too. I mean, I'm not as worried as um, Eddie Goldman as much as I am for Robert Quinn, because, you know, I mean, he played through that drop foot syndrome and stuff, but like, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to next June already. I mean, regardless of how we do on this season, just to look forward to that June 1st cut for Robert because we got to get out of that deal, man. Like, that's just – they're just problems mounting on and on and on for Robert Quinn. I think a bounce-back season just might be too much to ask for for Robert Quinn. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Robert Quinn before I address the Eddie Golden thing. I think the thing is, is you said it perfectly, AJ, like – at this point, you're kind of almost stuck with him for a year. You, you know, there's you're not moving him at this point. The the guy can play football okay. The injuries are concerning, and, and it and it sucks because you know that contract just seemed you know on paper it seemed like an upgrade, but you know you kind of look at it now in the long haul, and it's like even without the injuries, like that was a lot of money to shell away to another pass rusher. Um, you know, the things that I will say is, is that the Bears invested a pick last year into an edge rusher. You know, you're hoping that Travis Gibson can take a big step this year. You hope a guy like maybe a Charles Snowden or a Jeremiah, and I actually had to look up how you say his last name, uh, Atachu, I think is how you say it. Atachu, uh, I don't know. Whatever. Regardless, you have some options, right? I believe Quinn's snap count's probably going to go down solely just because of the fact that he can't stay the healthiest. And, and again, I think he'll see time and I think he'll be okay, but expecting this, this Cowboys got version of Quinn where he had 11.5 sacks in a season, I don't think it's going to be a reality this year. And I think the thing that sucks about this too, is because a certain somebody in the middle who wasn't at practice today impacts, I think Quinn's performance and that's Eddie Goldman. And I understand that I don't think it's something to be too concerned about, but I was a little alarmed. I won't lie. Again, Golden was an opt-out last year, and the fact that he had an unexcused absence today, 
I don't know. That's a little concerning to me. You know, I think I'm not going to freak out about it too much, but Goldman's a key part of this defense and a year where we lost some key depth pieces, right? I mean, Roy Robertson, Harris, Brent Urban. I mean, those were guys that played significant minutes for us. And the bears did invest a little bit into the defensive line with Angelo Blackson and uh, Chris Tonga, but Goldman's better than all those guys. Goldman is the, is the, is the pancaker, the guy who stuffs the middle and allows guys like Quinn and Mac to be productive. So Goldman's absence actually has me a little concerned. And I think it ties in perfectly with the Quinn injury and, those are two pieces, man, that it just – it sucks it's, if it doesn't work out because, again, I think this Bears defense, it, it might regress a little bit without some production from both those guys. Um, and, and that's a little alarming, I'll be honest. See, I'm not so much concerned with the production because good defenses always find a way to put up numbers. I mean, that's just given in any sport. I think good offenses, good defenses – are able to do that through consistent play. But my biggest question is this, and AJ, you alluded to this. You're paying Robert Kuhn $14.7 million in 2021. You can say about $12 million if you get out of his deal post-June 1st in 2022. But it's just like, what are you doing here? Because he has not proven anything to warrant even being a starter. Now, the depth you have behind him, okay. Travis Gibson, a rookie, was a rookie last year, a bit of a project. He's going into year two. My question is, has he bulked up has he gotten stronger what's up with his bend is he able to convert more speed to power as if he's able to do those things then he has a chance of being a pretty solid rotational guy and then it, regarding guys like jeremiah tachu as well as charles snowden look charles snowden's leonard floyd 2.0 and originally when the bears went out and signed robert quinn i was like look this is because they just want a second guy who's going to get after the quarterback and do what leonard floyd couldn't and robert quinn did that early in his career because i think the second or third year of his career in st louis i mean he had like 19 and a half sacks so he was obviously a very good pick but it's like again you get older and this was one of those scenarios where what the bears did was basically sign a guy but not do not fully do their research and they just signed an aging vet that they thought would be successful in a defense where outside of to Sean Gibson, as well as Jalen Johnson and Desmond Trufant. The entire defense is and Robert Quinn. So they have four starters right now that have not been here since 2018. And then you're looking at Eddie Goldman. Look, the Bears need Eddie Goldman back because when Eddie Goldman's in the middle, what he's doing, he's eating up those double teams. He's That frees up a guy like Akeem Hicks to get after the quarterback. And then freeing Akeem Hicks up means that now on one side, you have to figure out and you have to pick your poison between Akeem Hicks or Khalil Mack, which then theoretically leaves Robert Quinn double teamed on the other side. But then it also allows a player like Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith. You can drop both those guys back in coverage, or they can go and shoot gaps. And then with Eddie Goldman in the middle, what you're able to do is basically this entire secondary benefits as well, because now your front seven's getting after the quarterback. But then also we have to understand something. What confuses the heck out of me when it comes to Eddie Goldman is just that you listen to what Sean Desai said. And again, we talked to Sean back in May. Sean basically mentioned, yeah, Eddie's been here. He's been doing good. He's looking good. He's feeling good. Ryan Pace pretty much said the same thing the last time we heard from him. And then Matt Nagy's kind of said it. And all of a sudden, it's just like, this is the third straight week there at Hallis Hall. And they still haven't practiced. It's just like, what's going on? And I, there's something bigger that's going on here because running back Damon Williams – 
who's with the Bears now. He opted out last year too. Most recently was with Kansas City in 2019. But then ultimately with Damian Williams, I mean, he's out there. He's practicing. We haven't heard a peep from Eddie Goldman. We've heard stuff about Eddie Goldman. We haven't heard a single peep, though, from Eddie Goldman, the player, directly from himself. And I think that if he does eventually speak to the media – in the coming weeks here, or even just throughout training camp, it's going to be very telling of where he's really at because Eddie Goldman, I can tell you guys that are listening right now, he's a really smart player. He takes care of himself. He's very underrated on this defense, but the reality is it's just so weird, man. So something bigger is clearly going on here because every time Matt Nagy was asked about Eddie Goldman, all Matt Nagy did was bounce around. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, we're just going to have to wait and see because again, there could be several different things going on. Like there could be a personal matter. Um, you know, I, I hope it's not something serious where it involves like a contract dispute or something like that. I know Goldman, I think was extended recently in the past couple of years. Um, I don't know. I, again, I think him not being there, it's not like a, you know, push the panic button panic, but it's definitely like a, mm, that would have been a nice player who, you know, key part of the defense wasn't here last year. Like, you know, obviously the good news is that it wasn't like it was a guy like Allen Robinson, for example, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, a, I'm slightly concerned. I hope something comes up soon. And, you know, I want to see that guy out there. I want to see 91 play. He's a big part of this defense, literally. I mean, you know, last year we really did miss Eddie Goldman. Um, and I just want to stress this one thing that if people think that Leonard Floyd's success is because of Aaron Donald, um, just take a step back and see what we could have done if we, re- if we had re-signed him and if Eddie Goldman didn't opt out because of COVID. Like, it could have been something where, you know, Floyd could have been more productive if Quinn hadn't been a bear. That's just me. You know, I was a big fan of Leonard Floyd. He was a speed rusher coming out of Georgia. I really liked his power. His power really never stops. So was this mortar. So, I mean, obviously he's in LA. I let bygones be bygones. But if if Robert Quinn can't beat or um, set the edge for himself, if Eddie Goldman's back with the additions of Angela Blacks in the rotation, then I just don't know what you do at that point for Robert Quinn. So... Um, I, I'm a big Goldman fan out of F- FSU and, you know, I hope it's not what Sam mentioned and what I mentioned earlier, a, contra- a contract dispute or anything with the coaches or anything like that. I just hope it's something that's personal that we don't wait, that we didn't need to know. And I hope he's back at practice, man, because we need that man more than we need, um, Robert Quinn. I'll just put it like that. Yeah, the Bears' run defense was absolutely atrocious last year when Eddie Goldman just was not playing. I mean, it was one of the hardest things to watch because they were getting eaten alive by running backs that they traditionally, with a healthy Eddie Goldman, would have shut down. But listen, Eddie Goldman, Robert Quinn, we mentioned they're not working out. But you know who's working out and who posted a video on social media and also was caught working out today at Hallis Hall? Listen, Allen Robinson's back in the fold. And I think when we asked Caitlin about Allen Robinson, her thought was straight up, look, he's going to accept the situation for what it is. He's going to show up. He's going to be professional. Matt Nagy has praised Allen Robinson for the last four years now. Ultimately, A-Rob's back. AJ, I'm going to start with you on this one. What does this even mean for the quarterback comp, not quarterback competition, even though there is technically a competition that people don't want to admit? What does this mean, though, for the development of these quarterbacks? You know, obviously, 
you know, A-Rob had one of his best seasons with um, someone named Blake Bortles down in Jacksonville. So, I mean, it means a lot when you have, uh, well, I mean, not when you have, I mean, for the quarterbacks, it means a lot when you have a target like Allen Robinson, guys like, you know, supporting guys around him. But this is about A-Rob. You know, A-Rob is that number one wide receiver you look for at every play when you drop back to pass. So, I mean, it means a lot, you know, for him, for A-Rob, you know, I saw, like I said, I saw that video last, um, a a couple days ago, maybe yesterday he posted it. He was going to come back to um, the Bears to report. And, you know, he seems excited. You know, A-Rob's excited that, you know, the Bears drafted Justin Fields. Um, Obviously, they have an insurance policy in Andy Dalton. And like you mentioned, you say there is a QB competition and probably most Bears fans don't want to, like, admit it. But that's the reality of the situation, you know? So, um, like, to answer your question more efficiently, it's more uh, – I mean, I think it's a um, it's a dual benefit here for Allen Robinson to have Justin Fields um, play for him, and I hope he signs that extension to, to be that wide receiver in Chicago Bears history to play with Justin Fields. And he also has that benefit to play with Andy Dolan. I think – I think both of these um, both of these quarterbacks are upgrades over Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniel, and Nick Foles. So I think I think it's a dual benefit here. Yeah, I think again, you talk about the the professionalism of it, the kind of just understanding that this is the situation, and whether or not he wants to be a Bear next year is is not the focus and not the goal. And listen, if he doesn't want to be here next year, that's fine. He's, he's an adult. He gets to, you know, he, this is a, this is his job and, and he gets to pick and choose kind of, but Hey, you want to make, try to make more money, have a great 2021 season, help develop a rookie quarterback. Who's going to hopefully save this franchise. Let a guy like Darnell Mooney develop into a true weapon for this bears offense. Right. Those are things that benefit that come from a benefit. regardless if Robinson's back or not next year. Now I love Allen Robinson. I liked him as soon as we signed him. Watching him play is something else. I mean, he's a playmaker. The contested catches, he's got one of the highest in the league. You know, yards after catch, the ability to get back to the ball. I mean, the dude, the dude's an underappreciated weapon in this league, and he has played with some bad, bad quarterbacks. Holy smokes. You look at that guy's resume of quarterbacks, Andy Dalton might be one of the best ones on there. And, and listen, I think Andy Dalton's always had that true wide receiver one. Um, and I think that's important. I think that's always valuable for him. So having Robinson come in is important. And, um, and sorry, I'm completely losing my train of thought here, but for fields, it's more important for me because that's a guy that can really help fields develop. Um, and I hope that the relationship there convinces him to stay. I want to see 12 as a bear next year. And I don't know if it will happen or not. I'm not a, I'm not a guru. I'm not inside Alice hall, but I'm just glad he's back, and I'm excited to see him work in 2021. Sorry, we have a really surprised guest that's going to be on here after 4th of July in the DMs, but listen, we're going to keep it going. I mean, yeah, Allen Robinson being back is great for the development of a young quarterback because let's be honest, guys, the last time the Bears had a quarterback or a rookie quarterback, they didn't even have a number one wide receiver on the roster they were staking their chips on kevin white not getting injured as well as um cameron meredith and guys like kendall right i'm pretty sure kenny Britt was here at one point too but one guy who sounded really frustrated but also enthusiastic today was eddie jackson if you listen to eddie talk man eddie's always fun to listen to in these pressers now i will say the intriguing thing regarding eddie was he talked about how 
Sean Desai's scheme has a lot of similarities between both Sean. Well, Sean, there's Sean's scheme, and then there's Vic Fangio as well as Chuck Pagano. Now, ultimately, when you look at it, I think that when we talk about Eddie Jackson, he's ready to have a revival season, and here's why. Because he only had two... He's only had two interceptions the last two seasons, had zero in 2020, but had six in 2018, which was his real breakout season. So there's potential there. And I know people talk about how, oh, well, the quarterback has yet to really break out. Or, or I'm sorry, the quarterbacks really don't target Eddie Jackson anymore. I really think what's going to happen is Sean Desai is going to put Eddie in a position to succeed, but then also having to Sean Gibson by his side is going to be big because Eddie talks about this in his press conference today, how he hasn't played with a the same strong safety since Adrian Amos in 2017 and 2018. And that's actually something that Desai alluded to as well. It's going to be a really fun time, but Sam, is Eddie Jackson having a major bounce back here and proving the haters wrong? I really hope so. I mean, you get the Eddie Jackson of 2018, you're getting an all pro safety who quarterbacks have nightmares about the day before heading to soldier field. So uh, Eddie Jackson's a heck of a player. I think 2020 was one of his worst years, and I still think he had an okay season. I mean, he had a couple interceptions that were brought back, and, and I think, honestly, I just think the scheme fit was bad for him and Pagano's off defense, excuse me, not offense. I, I'm really hoping Desai blends in some of that Vangio defense and gets and gets Eddie Jackson in a situation to be successful, and, and I think that's what good defensive coordinators do. I don't want it. I, you scheme well, but you put your best players in a position to win. And that includes Eddie Jackson. You don't sign a guy like that to have him float around in 2020 and become oblivious. I mean, I'm seeing these things about the top safeties in the league and Eddie Jackson's being left out of them. And I'm like, this guy is one of the leading defensive scorers right now. One of the best players I think I've ever seen play safety for the Chicago Bears since I was born. I mean, I also haven't been watching Chicago football 21 years of my life, but still, and this dude's getting disrespected right now. And I think Desai is going to put him in spots to be successful. And I do think we're going to see a little little remnant of 2018 Eddie Jackson. If we can get anything like that, I'm a happy camper, man. I think Eddie Jackson's going to bounce back 100%. Let me guys ask you a question here. It's, it's, it's about a safety that like I know dearly in the NFL. Do you guys know who uh, Jamal Adams is? I do. All right. This guy is going to free roam under this side, like just like how he does in Seattle. Like you have consistency at the safety position. So now, like instead of just like stuffing him in a, as a box safety, this guy is going to be like roaming the field. It doesn't matter like that. That argument, it's going to come down like this whole targeting argument. There's going to be a time where Eddie Jackson is going to step in front of Sean Gibson to make a play. Watch. Watch. Like it's not going to be like Chuck Pagano did the last two years. You were forcing a defense to follow an old ideology. Now, what Chuck Pagano runs, like, I can't remember what defense he runs, but, you know, it's like, it doesn't, what, what is it? Sorry. A bad defense. That's a bad right. defense. There we go. Yeah, bad defense. Like, it just couldn't generate any pressure. Like, you know, I mean, you know that Mac is an important piece piece in your defense right but yet you drop him in coverage like I, i'm I, I was lost at that our, our our best pass rusher on the team was dropped into coverage like and then you rush robert quinn instead who has drop foot syndrome like 
Like, this is not going to happen under Sean Desai, I assure you guys. Like, this is going to be a little different. There's going to be more fierceness. There's going to be more competitiveness. There's not going to be an old fart calling defensive plays. You know, you have to understand this guy has been with the team since 2012 or 2013. I can't remember which is a defensive quality control coach. And look what he's done. Secondary to safeties to now defensive coordinator of this team. You know, he's done something right to hang on with this uh with from the old um regime to now with this new regime so he's done something right to be the defensive coordinator so let's just see what he does you know honestly there's something better than a bad story a comeback story put that on a billboard yeah that's an excellent point man i would just wish during the early trustman days we could throw up on a billboard like we need revival not your hair brian or like or we actually want you to come back and play but also yeah speaking of which sam i was watching back to the future on i think saturday night and you are a carbon copy of marty mcfly or i think marty mcfly is a carbon copy of you so you should get me on gym class villains to discuss that but no aj you're 110 right i think when you look at the bears secondary coaches you have these guys who have played the game at a high level i mean deshaya townsend is one name that comes to mind. Now, Sean never really played in the NFL, but he's just been around a lot. some of the smartest football minds of this generation, especially Vic Bangio. And I think right now, a lot of people outside the Bears fan base, okay, sure, you know the names Fangio as well as Pagano, but those guys have also been in the NFL for like multiple decades. And now all of a sudden you have Sean decide who's going into, I think, whatever it is, his 10th or 11th year in coaching. And he's had a rapid rise through the ranks. And the fact that he stuck it out through Trustman, which I said this in the offseason when they promoted Sean, and I'm going to say it again. This is the only, Sean's the only good thing that Mark Trustman left the Bears. All right. Everything else was just totally terrible. So stuck, sticks it out with Trustman, stuck it out with Fox, learned under Vic Fangio, learned under Pagano, and now all of a sudden is the defensive coordinator. So I think these guys like Eddie Jackson, they are legitimately going to go ahead and have a um, major revival season. It's going to be. I think really fun to watch because if Eddie Jackson's getting his interceptions, that's going to do wonders for an offense that this year is breaking in a couple new starters with guys like Tevin Jenkins, James Daniels is also coming back, but staying here on the defensive side of the ball. If you listen to Roquan Smith talk today, guys, and Sam, I'm going to hand it off to you here first. What was interesting was Roquan Smith just sounded so much more motivated, dedicated, and committed. And that's not to question and say he wasn't any of those qualities in the past because he certainly was. But his answers in the press conference were short, sweet, to the point, saying, just get me the hell out of here. I need to be out there on the grass. I mean, when asked about the OTAs, he was all like, listen, that's people's personal choice, all right? But then also he's talking about, uh, hey, we fell off last year at the end of the year in terms of defense. We know we need to be better. We know we need to pick it back up. Sam, is Roquan going to have an even bigger year in 2021? Because people in Chicago are already thinking contract extension for Roquan. Yeah, I mean, you, you think of how, you know, career high, 139 tackles last year, anchor of the defense, you know, emerging leader and doesn't even get a Pro Bowl. I sure as hell hope that he's going to be motivated to play better this year. I mean, when I think of the positive outlook of the Bears, even pre-Justin Fields, the one thing that always came into my head was Roquan Smith. The dude can play middle linebacker, and he plays it very, very well. And he has proven to be a solid, solid piece of this Bears defense. I mean, when he's out there, 
he's just a ball magnet. He moves so quick. And he's just, he's a commanding officer of that defense. Like that, that is the growth you want to see in your middle linebacker. And, and that's kind of why you see kind of him taking the reins over a guy like Danny Trevathan. I hope, I very, very much hope that he is going to be an even better player because the middle linebacker that I watched last year was one of the best middle linebackers, I think, in the league. And if he can play better than that, there's no offense that's going to be able to stop him. And I think he's got all the intangibles, and I think he's going to take, I think he's got what he takes. I'm excited to watch Roquan play. He is fun to watch on this defense. You know, maybe partying with Abel Danger kind of motivated him to play even better. You know, honestly, hey, 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 maybe, maybe some people will take it wrong. Maybe some people will take it right. I don't know. However you want to take it. But hey, maybe it's motivation. I mean, maybe he goes into this season and has 160 tackles, five sacks, four picks, four first fumbles. This, that's like a we're t- that's like a, what a Patrick Willis season or Ray Lewis season we're talking about. I think he can put up those numbers, man. I mean, I love Roquan Smith. He's he's a sideline to sideline linebacker, and like honestly, uh, not to lie, guys, I'm reading a scouting report from the draft, but like you know. You, you saw him make these plays. You saw him in 2018, his rookie season, when Jared Goff threw that, um, threw a, a crap of a pass straight to um, Roquan Smith, and Roquan Smith almost bought it back for a pick six. And I still remember that Philadelphia Eagles game. Yes, that was an interception. I don't want to hear crap. That ball never hit the ground, or he was never down. So, and that was a touchdown. If we got the touchdown, we win the game. It's a completely different story at that time. But, anyways. Roquan Smith, like Sam, you said it perfectly. The guy's a magnet. Like, you know, like if, if, if Khalil Mack needs help bringing down a quarterback in the sack, Roquan Smith will provide that push to bring him down. You know, um, sometimes like so, I, there, there's this weird twist that um, that Roquan and Danny did in the 2012, 2018 season, man. Like Roquan was able to get the guard and no, sorry. Danny was able to get the guard and Roquan just slid, uh, slid right through the line of scrimmage and got the sack. You know, like the the creativity that Roquan Smith has, the, um, the charisma that he brings to the Bears, you know, it's it's something that, you know, a certain name that comes to mind that we mentioned earlier about his hair, Brian Erlacher, you know, um, you know, Brian Erlacher did, did this for the Chicago bears. And right now we're with, witnessing um, Roquan Smith, who could probably have one of the best seasons that we could witness and probably more after that. Cause you know, this guy, like, man, like, yes, he, he's going to get paid soon. I just don't know when, but like, you know, he's got that option. Um, maybe the Bears want to write it out. Maybe uh, maybe they'll pay him soon when they got the money. But, hey, I mean, Roquan Smith's that goon in the middle, man. You know, he's fa- he's fast. He can cover tight ends. Man, he's he's good. I'm, I'm looking forward um, to a big season, man. You know, with him and Trevathan uh, in the middle, and if Trevathan's 100% healthy, that's going to be a deadly duo. And then we got, like, backups. We brought in Brandon Marshall for a workout. We'll talk about that later. But, you know, if all works out, we got a decent middle linebacker corpse. I mean, my only concerns with that because I do think that letting Nick Kwiatkowski go was a major mistake. But also, you guys have to understand his moves in the NFL are layered. So you let Nick Kwiatkowski go, you cut Leonard Floyd, and why'd you do that? Well, that was to fit Jimmy Graham as well as Robert Quinn onto your books, which again, those were two really bad moves. So they kind of canceled each other. They were just. There were four. Those were the four of the worst moves I've seen on 
from Ryan Pace this offseason. But I think what's going to happen is this, is if you get Roquan Smith, he's going to have a big year in 2021. I think he's going to prove a hell of a lot of people wrong. He's not going to say, oh, I'm going to prove the world wrong. He's just going to go out there and do it because he's one of those guys who says, well, I let my game do the talking. But if you go ahead and you get a healthy Eddie Goldman back, then all of a sudden you can still have Roquan Smith flow around freely and do whatever, but then you can afford to drop a guy like Danny Trevathan into coverage because Trevathan would be your coverage coverage linebacker in this situation. But AJ, you mentioned a couple names. Look, Morgan Moses, the offensive tackle, he's still on the free agent market. Same thing with Steven Nelson. And the Bears have brought these guys in for visits and they're interested in some of these guys, but they had Jake Butt in today. They had cornerback EJ Gaines in today. They also had linebacker Brandon Marshall in for workouts. Look, here's the deal with these moves. If you're getting Morgan Moses or Steven Nelson, which there's no new update on those ends, they're just, like I said a moment ago, they're still out there. What you're doing in that situation, that scenario is this. You're basically saying, oh yeah, you know what? We are willing to upgrade these positions, such as right tackle and cornerback. But a guy like Jake Budd or Brandon Marshall, even EJ Gaines, those are just smaller signings. And you only make those moves if you, one, lose out on the bigger guys, or two, you're looking to add competition to some of your roster and some depth to push younger guys. Yeah, I think the the my brother went to Michigan uh, when Jake Butt, um, I think, was still pretty young there. And, and he was a great tight end there during Michigan. That torn ACL probably impacted him pretty much. I mean, the dude's 25 and, you know, who doesn't want a Bears jersey that says Butt on it? I'll be honest. Um, but again, I think that's perfectly said. I think of all those guys, I think Moses would be a great guy to bring in. I'm all for addressing this offensive line, not only just to bring in another piece for fields, but also if Dalton's going to start week one against that uh, Rams defensive unit, having as much help as he can get would be nice there. Um, you know, I, I am of the belief, and, and I think when we talked to Caitlin on Monday, that cornerback room is, is questionable. And it's not even because of the talent. It's because of those guys who are injury prone. And, you know, Steve, you know, I think of Jalen Johnson pre-draft, you know, he tore his, he tore his rotator, rotator cuff, I believe. Um, and that ended up impacting him at the end of the season. Uh, Desmond Trufant broke his arm. He only played 15 games the last two years. Artie Burns coming off an ACL tear, right? And a lot of young, unproven guys. So if they can bring in Nelson, I'm all for that. Anyone at corner with some experience, not even doesn't have to be the best corner on the free agency market right now, but somebody with some experience, because that was a position that last year was lacking some depth. And, you know, I I know that we've shared some, some positivity about this. And I know like Max, for example, has brought up how he feels good about some of these guys. I don't totally share that optimism. I think it's a lot of hopeful thinking. If the bears are going to address a position this, the rest of this off season, cornerback's got to be number one. I think they seem set at offensive line. If they sign anyone else at like tight end or something like that. Again, it's just competition. I would like to see the bears bring in one more veteran quarterback. That is my honest take there. I don't, I don't feel hundred percent comfortable with this room and I don't think anyone should. Yeah. I mean, you know, you brought up a great point about Jake, but I mean, but before I get into that, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, you said there was no update about Morgan Moses or Steven Nelson. I think those 
my friends, it's going to take some time because they're probably laying the groundwork for a contract. Who knows? They're probably just like, you know, looking at second avenues or third avenues for those, uh, for those signs. They're like more, those are like p- players that perform pretty well uh, in the it, uh, uh, last season. And, you know, they're going to be probably looking for top dollar, maybe, maybe in rare cases, look for a discount, but like Jake, um, not sorry, not Jake. Um, Sam, you brought up a great point about Jake Butt. I mean, like, you know, the best point was to own a jersey that has butt written on it and probably number whatever he says, right? But, like, you know, I mean, like, y- you know, like his torn ACL, I think he was out in Denver, I want to say. Um, he tore his ACL, um, wasn't able to play, and Noah Font is now like the regular tight end out there in Denver. So, you basically, you know, for a third or fourth round pick, what Jake Butt was they were expecting him to actually you know be um be a service to like no font and stuff so i mean he couldn't do that and then denver was was able to let him go and you know brandon marshall is another guy that i like from denver again another denver guy we're stealing off denver's denver's talents i guess and bringing them for workouts but you know um you know he was a linebacker and like if we can add him like if he's healthy that would be pretty cool but you know i mean like i think the bears like in this situation are more more leaning towards adding jake butt and brandon marshall to like minimum contracts before signing morgan moses and like steven nelson and stuff but like hey i mean like you know if sometimes guys need a need to change the scenery, you know, um, sometimes guys need a second chance to go prove themselves. I mean, these are just tryouts have some workouts and see how they do it, do it out there. I mean, on mini camp and see if they can impress our coaches, but, you know, obviously the bears are making some moves. Um, but you know, I wanted to say something about EJ Gaines. I mean, like, you know, you said you hit it on the nail. I mean, these guys are just like, you know, they're just doing their due diligence, bringing these guys in for workouts. Like I mentioned earlier, um, I hope they stay away from EJ Gaines and don't offer him a roster spot on this team. I mean, maybe they won't. Um, he hasn't played football since 2019, I think. Uh, opted out last season. Uh, I think he got hurt in 2019. It's a muscle core injury. You guys want you want to stay away from those players that um, that had muscle core injuries and stuff. So um, those be those become lingering problems. So, um, but hey, I mean, like if we can pull in one of Morgan Moses or Steven Nelson. That would be pretty cool, but uh, like you said, said the boss man said there's no news on that front yet. Boss man, I love it. That's another one of the nicknames I have in addition to the Podfather and a lot of other ones. But listen, when I look at Jake Butt, he's kind of disappointing to me because ultimately the guys had two ACL injuries in the last three years. And if you look at the free agent market right now for tight ends, there's not a lot of options. There's minimal options and what you're doing with jake but is basically this is and i mentioned this on our youtube episode today which i dropped which is actually dropping with max on wednesday morning go check that out on the fireside bears youtube you have five tight ends after you release darian clark so you have jimmy graham cole Komet, then you have scooter harrington undrafted free agent from stanford you have sam's best friend jesper horstead and then you have jp holt now realistically the bears are going to be carrying four tight ends it looks like just because they've done that in the past i mean horstead has been a bit of a receiving tight end holtz is a blocking tight end you we know what graham and comet are but it just doesn't make any sense to bring in a guy who's got the acl injuries and then the linebacker brandon marshall 
I think that this was more so just a move that you bring in. Obviously, he won the Super Bowl in Denver with Trevathan back in 2015. But ultimately, when we look at this, we also have to understand a major aspect of it is Marshall was with the Raiders. He didn't even make the 53-man roster. So that's just a guy who's looking for an NFL opportunity, trying to showcase, hey, I have a little something left in the tank. But let's be real. He doesn't have as much left in the tank as he hopes. So, man, I mean, I'll just be real. I don't see them signing either Marshall or Jake, but I don't see them signing any of these guys. But mandatory minicamp wrapped up day one. AJ, I'm going to bounce the ball to you on this one first. I mean, what were some of your takeaways? Um, you know, some of the takeaways that I thought, I mean, like I was, I haven't been able to follow any media pressers or of the, of the camp, but like, you know, um, I guess the main takeaway is the one, like, you know, the bears recently posted a pass, like, you know, I don't think this is a takeaway. It's like more of like lighting a fuel, like lighting a fire right now. Like he just, he just delivered a perfect ball to Marcus Marquise Goodwin, man. I don't know if you saw the video. It just came out like a half hour ago on the Bears social media page. Like, you know, maybe like they're starting to show some, some good things that happened in minicamp. I mean, I guess now, um, you know, given like what's, what the buzz is around Chicago, I think Andy Dolan's like, wait, hold up a second. I'm still here. Um, uh, I guess the people are not going to be excited to hear this, but like, you know, I mean, Hey, Andy Dolan's probably going to have to show something for himself too. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to call it my takeaway, but I will anyway, like, you know, what's, what's Andy Dalton's stance in all of this, you know, like, you know, he's still showing up. He's still, uh, you know, he dropped a dime to Marquise Goodwin. So like, what's, um, what's, uh, what's going on here? Like, like, I don't know. Like they're so secluded to the press and stuff. So I can't, I don't know. Like, like what, what, what are some of the takeaways? Like, you, you know, like, I guess like some of these guys are just coming back, but like, you know what I mean? You know, what's funny is, is I actually, I tweeted that clip. Goodwin looks pretty quick in that clip. Again, yeah. I'm not going to overreact to a, a non full patch throw. I mean, Dalton's throw looked pretty good there, but actually uh, credit Max with this tweet. Uh, he said this definitely got tweeted out as soon as Nagy's presser came out. So uh, that's what I mean. I don't know. Good. I, I don't know what my takeaway is. Good move there. Bears PR. Um, I'm happy with the attendance outside of Goldman. Um, I wrote an article today. Uh, obviously you guys will be listening to this uh, present day, but I wrote an article on Tuesday about uh, Robinson's, uh, you know, attendance is a good step in the right direction for the future. Um, it couldn't mean anything, but it could. I'm just happy the guy's there. And I'm excited to see if Fields can beat Dalton. I know that the quarterback thing got addressed today with Nagy's presser, but you just never know. Like, did anyone think Justin Herbert was going to beat out Tyra Taylor? And listen, I know that was a freak accident, but I think, again, you never know what's going to happen. You know, there could be something that happens and Fields is suddenly thrown into the game on Sunday night. And, you know, I, I just hope he's ready to go. But if Dalton's the starter, I'll ride with Andy until it's time for Fields. But other than that, I'm happy to see the attendance is high. I'm happy to see that no one's getting sick. That's a big thing, too. I don't know what the Bears vaccination levels are uh, compared to other teams, but I'm just glad guys are staying healthy. Um and it just seems like the, the energy in house hall right now is pretty good. I mean, those are just my initial thoughts. Again, 
I brought this up in Monday's interview. The lack of media attention just kind of sucks right now. It's a very, very slow time to be in football in general, but also as a Bears, you know, content creator or anything. You know, it's just, it's tough. It's definitely tough. But those are my initial thoughts right now. I, I feel like the vibe's good. It's a very good vibe. I, I endorse Sam's on. tweet. I was actually going to hit on that as well. I mean, I'm excited to see the vibe just progress throughout these last two days of minicamp, which is going to be Wednesday and Thursday before they bears all are ultimately kind of in hibernation until sometime in late July when players do report to training camp at Hallisall. But my biggest takeaway is this is just that I'm excited to see what the defense does because the defense for the first time in a couple of years, really we here's the thing. Let me take a step back. We know what the Bears have on the offensive side of the ball, and everyone's excited to see that progress solely because of the quarterback who we can't stop talking about in Justin Fields. But then ultimately, I'm excited to see what the defense do because I think with a defensive coordinator like Sean Desai, the way the players are talking about him, their comments, what they're basically saying is, hey, you know what? We know that we have one or two final runs in us before we have to kind of retool and rebuild this entire core up because you have Khalil Mack who's under contract through 2024. You have Roquan Smith who's under contract through 2022. Eddie Jackson's under contract through 2024. Goldman's under contract through 2024. Jalen Johnson has three more years left on his deal. Danny Trevathan's got two more years left. And then you have Akeem Hicks, who's going to be a free agent next offseason. But then you also have a guy in Bilal Nichols who's going into a contract year. So really this defense is going to undersee such a transition over the next couple of years. But then ultimately, when you look at it, the Bears certainly believe that this defense has one or two final runs left in them before they have to rebuild and retool the entire things from scratch. But just just to be clear, let's remember, I said this a few weeks ago, it's a lot easier to build a defense than to build an offense. And we've seen Ryan Pace build this defense before. But if you don't got a good quarterback and you don't have a good offensive line and you don't have some weapons, that top defense doesn't mean jack because your offense, your defense, excuse me, can only carry you so far. That blueprint of success doesn't really work anymore in the NFL. Hot top tier offenses is what is driving the NFL. And what you did with the draft this year and potential free agents and stuff and, and the future, if the Bears defense declines, it's going to suck because that's been the identity for so long. But if this offense takes the next steps in the next couple of years and is suddenly one of the top offenses in the league, I don't care if our defense in the bottom 10. I don't care if they're bottom feeders because – I would like to see a Bears offense that can put up 30-plus points a game. You can build a defense for Super Bowl runs. You can build a defense for playoff runs. It's a lot harder to build an offense for those kind of runs. I think we saw a certain team in the Super Bowl. I think Tampa Bay's pass defense was really shady. Their run defense was really good, however, but their pass defense, I think a lot of people threw on them. But like, look what happened. They won a Super Bowl. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a complete defensive unit. You know, I mean, you know, I kind of gaffed on my, you know, uh, uh, mini camp takeaway there. Um, sorry, folks, for not following the media impressors, but I'll try. I mean, Bears franchise is so private, like Buckingham Palace or like Fort Knox or something like that. But I'll try my best. But um, I got my boss, man, you said here to give me the best details. But yeah, anyways, I mean, like, you know, um, you know, obviously it's. <sighs> You know, Sam, Sam said it perfectly, you know, I mean, we got Justin Fields, but now is the time of like trying to put this stuff together. But like, hey, if we have like a top three offense, 
who gives a damn what our defense is? Who cares? Like, if we're putting the 41 points and we're allowing 28, who wins? The Bears, right? So who cares if our defensive players are aging? Like, at one point, you're going to have to win a Super Bowl offensively, you know? So, I mean, you know, the Chiefs did it perfectly fine. Um, of course, the Rams made it to the Super Bowl um, a couple uh, a year before that, but look what happened. Their quarterback was uncertain and they lost 13 to three. They couldn't even score a touchdown. So it's really, really, really important if you have someone at the helm that can lead you to the promised land. And I think Justin Fields within a couple of years can do that. So, but that's what, that was a problem for the Chicago Bears for the last 30 years, man. Like, or even longer than that, like they could not find succession at the quarterback place. Now they have something to bite on and see what happens. See, here's the thing. You guys are saying this stuff like, oh, yeah, if we have a top three offense, but then a bottom 10 defense. I mean, the Bears had that in 2013 with Mark Trestman, and it really didn't get them anywhere, which is why I'm going to stand my ground and rebut both of you guys here. Rebuttal, rebuff, I don't know. My brain's not working right now. But I think that what the Bears need to ultimately do is this. They got to build, you know, a top three offense, but then a top 15 defense if they're seriously going to compete for a Super Bowl in the long run because that's really all it takes in the NFL. And I know it's easier said than done, but what isn't easier said than done is us logging off this thing for the evening because we've hit that one hour mark. So listen, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Usaid Koshal. Follow Sam on Twitter at Shy Sports Sam. Listen, go check out his work on Bear Goggles On for fan side. He's doing some cool stuff there. Follow AJ on Twitter at AJ Decide Four. Make sure you turn on tweet notifications for AJ because he's going to bring you guys all sorts of stuff regarding bets. Put some extra money in your pocket. And then listen, follow Fireside Bears on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Fireside Bears. Follow our content creator, Max Smith, too. That's Max with two X's. You can follow him on Twitter at Max Smith ESM. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get out of here, but good morning, good evening, and good night. This has been your boss, man. It's been fun this week. We'll catch you guys on Saturday morning when we drop our interview with our Bears player. I'm not going to reveal who it is. Y'all will know on Saturday morning, but peace out, guys. Bear down, baby. Bear down.